I'm breathing. I hope you're breathing too. I'm a little huffy puffy because I've been walking fast because it's so cold. I'm T. Tiffany Lee Brown. This is your Burning Tarot podcast. And it's cold on Deschutes National Forest, whereabouts we roam today here in Central Oregon on the west coast of the USA. Uh, West Coast State, where we are, is on the eastern side of the Cascade Mountains, nestled, nestled up at the bottom of Black Crater, North Sister, that kind of area. And so, yeah, we have little crusts of snow out here on the ground along with the red cinder that's on the road and the local volcanoes and the many, many amber pine needles. The ponderosa pines grow these uh, beautiful long needles that they're famed for. And they grow in clumps of three. Just like a lot of magic does, right? Three is a special number. Holy Trinity. Triune pine. I can't remember what those things are called, the little clusters. I'll have to look it up. But they fall to the ground in their clusters of three, and they have a marvelous ambery, orangey quality to them. And as the little bits of snow begin to collect, it's just exciting. It means I have to move fast and huff and puff and breathe into my recording device <laughs> so that I don't freeze while I'm out here. And we've been doing a lot of readings lately because it's been a very intense time for a lot of people, including me. And I've appreciated your feedback. I do love hearing about how Burning Tarot stuff, the personal readings that you buy, the astrological charts, and of course the podcast, how they sound to you, how they intersect with your life. So keep that feedback coming. Just a couple of sentences so I don't get overwhelmed. And you can send those via email to burningtarot at gmail.com. So we have a special card today. Uh, This question's been coming up in different forms in different places to me lately. And I thought, what the heck, let's draw a card about this. Lots of coughs. And the sun is really going down. We have this whole like return to Pacific Standard Time thing going on. I should be home making dinner for my family. But I wanted to walk and I wanted to talk with you guys. And I wanted to talk with the RWS, the Smith Weight or Smith Rider Weight Tarot deck. And I wanted to ask it this question that I keep hearing in different forms. Here's a question. Who has the right to give a tarot reading? Who deserves to be listened to by others? And I think this question partly is about who deserves to have a voice? And when is it right to use that voice and in what way? How do we know? That's the question I hear a lot. How, how am I supposed to know? 
Um, so those of you who are friends or clients or who have listened to this since it started at the beginning of COVID, uh, you know that I'm a writer. That's my day job. I've worked in journalism. I've done personal essays. I've done poetry. I'm a newspaper reporter and columnist. And I write assorted marketing stuff that helps pay the bills. So what struck me recently as I was fielding some questions and um, being part of some conversations where people were very insecure about the idea of reading tarot for others or doing divination. Some are even afraid to do it for themselves um, or doing astrology. Uh, and, and with myself, I've run into that with astrology because it's so endless and technical. You know, I could spend 24 hours a day studying astrology and I would never know astrology. <laughs> so should I be doing these readings? You know, and I've studied it on and off for 30 years, but I still ask this question. And it really struck me that some version of this question is the question that most writers have, particularly writers who were born into any condition under which people like them are presumed not to have a voice. And there's different ways that our society, our media, our parents, our teachers, make us feel like maybe we shouldn't use that voice too much. Yes, women, I'm talking about you, but it's not exclusively women who experience this, obviously. But that's just one example. I mean, this is like half of the world. Uh, and in our culture, certainly, uh, when I was growing up, and you can find studies on this, there's research to support the idea that uh, boys are listened to, young men are listened to more in their college classes than the women are. And the women are given cues about why they should be quiet, why we shouldn't pipe up with the answer. You know, that being smart or loud, that might be obnoxious in anybody sometimes, but it's really inappropriate in a girl, especially one who ever hopes to have a boyfriend. <laughs> you know, and heaven only knows the expanded version of that that is undoubtedly felt by people who are visibly non-binary, by people of color. Uh, or if you grew up in a household where nobody used their voice. And certainly the kinds of matters that we delve into with our tarot practice, our astrology practice, the kind of emotional stuff and the deep stuff, maybe that was not broached in your household by anybody ever. Maybe like once you saw mom get drunk and cry, you know, and otherwise, nope, <laughs> just we're not going to go there. Conversely, if you grew up in an over-emotional household or a highly dysfunctional household where, you know, maybe um, one drug addict or narcissist sucked up all the energy in the room, you might have gotten the message that your voice didn't matter. 
So writers, I came to learn after all these many years of being a writer and an editor, and sometimes a teacher, writing coach, creative coach, you know, grad, graduate student advisor for master's degree candidates. I just feel like I've run into this thing over and over. Who has the right to speak? Who has the right to write? Who has the right to make some writing and then send it out into the world? And the answer is kind of like, well, you can find some writing teachers who will tell you that everybody's a writer. Everyone is born a writer. And having seen a whole lot of writing come over the transom at magazines and stuff, I would hazard to say, nope, everybody is not a writer, actually. And that's okay. Everybody doesn't need to be a writer any more than I need to be, you know, an NBA basketball star. I'm five feet tall. You know, (laughs) it's just not going to work. So I don't want to be, um, I'd like to be a little more realistic than those writing teachers that assure everybody that they really are writers at heart. But I think everybody deserves to have a voice, whether or not they're a writer, whether or not they end up having time to put in the work to become a, you know, publishable writer. It doesn't matter. The urge to actually express yourself to yourself in some way is completely legit. Doesn't mean you have to be a best-selling author. Doesn't mean that you have to publish your work or that anybody would ever be interested in it. But who knows? Talk to Emily Dickinson. Somebody might find your work after you die. And you might be very famous and change literary history forever. It can happen. So that same thing, it seems to me, broils around, goes under the broiler, gets all toasty with this question of, well, who deserves to give a reading? Or you can also phrase that as like, (laughs) well, what makes you such an expert? Why do you get to give a reading? Who told you to start a podcast? Wow, it's a good question. So I decided to draw a card on that today. And the Smith Rider Waite tells us to look to the Nine of Cups. Now, this is a very fat and happy card. You know, you're sitting there and you're feeling good. You're feeling sated. You've been filled up. You're not hungry. You're not desperate. You're sitting down on a nice bench like the guy in the card here. His arms are folded, but not in an unfriendly way. Got a red hat on, a mellow, contented smile. Behind him, there are, well, there's a, a light blue kind of curtain. Um, around a semicircle and standing on that semicircle are nine golden chalices nine cups the nine of cups and he's got this great red hat and the background of the card is yellow so 
who deserves to be heard and who deserves to feel like they can open themselves up to the woo. I'm going to say it's everybody, but perhaps this card is telling us to look for a spot in ourselves that's contented, that can come from a place of fullness, that is ready to eat, drink, and be merry, literally and metaphorically, a place that is ready to flow. So when you're doing a reading, and everybody does their readings differently, right? When I'm doing a reading, the act of speech unlocks something. It turns me into an oracle. I am no longer thinking my own thoughts. Well, look at you. Hey, puppy, what you doing? We had to take a little break there so that I could talk to the dogs. And then the person that was walking the dogs. It's very nice. So, yeah, you're an oracle. So the woo starts flowing through me. And I'm not entirely sure what I'm saying during parts of it. And so the skill here is in using language in getting myself into a slightly altered state so that I can be open to the woo energy and allow it to simply flow. There is a whole lot of brashness and confidence implied in this process. Uh, some of that comes to me naturally and some of it was encouraged or supported by things like um, being a singer, being a kid who liked to act in plays and be in the Christmas pageant at church and play the piano for people. So I'm a little performer. And from that place, I was kind of given rewards by people in my life. Sometimes I was, you know, given the impression that people like me are too brash we are putting ourselves out there when we should be good little girls and shut up. And mostly I just uh, over and over have encouraged myself to, to come at those points of fear and break them down and take a risk over and over and over. Uh, I also used to do improvisational performance um, so that would be like making up lyrics and poetry and music on the fly with groups of musicians in front of an audience. And some of that was raw improv, just completely extemporaneous, nothing planned, no idea what I'm going to do or say next. And that was a lot of fun. I know there's at least a couple of you who were 1990s Portland alternative culture people. Um, so you might have seen my band, Black Orchid, back then. So you know what I'm talking about, or Brain Warmer in the early 2000s. So um, this is tightrope walking stuff. This is super high-risk artistic behavior. And I've done other types of like performance art and stuff, too. And so for me, the readings are following in a similar vein. 
in I've done installation art too uh, and and performance art type interventions that are also very very responsive to the moment and the space and what happens to be there and there's this enormous amount of trust it might seem like I trust myself a whole lot in those situations and perhaps I have learned to but I feel like a lot of the trust that I'm placing in, in the moment where I'm giving a reading, the moment where I'm shipping something that I wrote, such as clicking send on an email with a newspaper column attached to it, giving a reading, doing a podcast, making some weird piece of art in the middle of nowhere in a particular moment, or in the middle of a busy intersection with traffic going by, In all of these moments, I'm pushing myself to an experiential edge. That edge opens me up. It enables me to channel energies, ideas, forces, words, the great woo. And so what I'm really doing is trying to combine me my regular conscious, normal, boring self, um, my large storehouse of learning, knowledge, information, experience that I've gathered over the years for how to deal with these situations. You know, every reading that I come to is preceded by however many readings I've done in my lifetime. I don't know, a few thousand. So I'm bringing all that to the table, but I'm also trying to let it go. If there's just me and book knowledge and previous readings knowledge, if it's me and my smarty pants self, or if it's my marketing self or even my empathetic self, if it's just the part of me that wants to make you feel better in a reading, that just, you know, wants to say the words that will just help you, make you feel good. Even that is not good enough for me, (laughs) you know? I want to push some of that aside, not to mention my ego. You know, I have to get to a place where those things can get smushed to the side to open a passage, a passage through which the woo can flow. And so it's a kind of speaking in tongues, you know? I do think that anyone can do readings, even people who are not accustomed to creating these channels, you know, creating a space where they can channel. People who are not used to dropping into trances and making up words. (laughs) You can do a reading coming straight out of book learning. It's not a bad way to start. And you do deserve to have a voice. Doesn't mean everybody's going to be an NBA basketball star. Doesn't mean everybody's going to be a published author. Doesn't mean everybody's going to be a professional tarot reader. But we all do deserve this chance to be the Nine of Cups. The Nine of Cups is also about an enormous amount of flowing. These cups, this element of water, which is what the Nine of Cups what all the cups cards are associated with. Water deals with art. 
deepest emotions. And you know what? Our shallow ones too. Water connects us to our ancestry, our collective ancestry as a big group, you know, as a species, as a type of mammal. At some point, we all crawled out of the ocean. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? Sorry to get biblical on you. I just, uh, I was just reading Genesis yesterday. King James Version. I was like, man, this language is so awesome. I'm glad I read that stuff as a kid, even if my religion traumatized me more than a little. All that beautiful language and poetry made it so I could read Shakespeare. Gotta love it. Anyway, so the primordial ooze, the great vast ocean that was on the earth before, you know, evolution or God or whoever said that land should arise and that fishes should start growing feet and trading in their gills for lungs. That whole action is a very watery depth that we have. So our emotional selves are connected to that deep, deep, deep ancestral self. And that puts us in our, our creative self because we came from creation. We are a creation of whom, by what means, those are finer points than I would care to argue. <laughs> I don't care if it's evolution or God or somebody else, whatever. We're here. And when we get the Nine of Cups, we are getting the message that our emotional selves, our ancestral and deep selves, our water self is ready to flow. It's ready to fill up. It's ready to drink down. And then, you know, go take a pee. Send the water back to the earth. So, yes, we can all feel satisfied in giving a reading. Yes, we can all take a chance. And for some of us, that's going to become, you know, our vocation or avocation, our weird life's work. For me, it's a mixture of interdisciplinary arts and writing and tarot and astrology and podcasting and giving you guys readings. I don't know how it all works, but I can feel how connected all these parts are. For somebody else, though, it might just be um, using the I Ching and finding a translation that they like. And so they're, you know, it's less about channeling what this particular hexagram means when they throw the I Ching. And it's more about reading what the book says about that hexagram. And that's a perfectly legitimate way of giving a reading. You can pull uh, the same tarot card many times and have a different experience of how it works in that context, what it means in that reading. And with your I Ching, you might feel the same way, even though you're reading the exact same words with it. So who deserves to give a reading? Who deserves to find out whether the Wu wants to speak through them? I think it's all of us. It can be scary to reach in and 
and ask the woo to come through or give it the opportunity. Um, it can require a degree of porousness, porosity. I can never remember which one of those is the right word. So it got to be porous and permeable. And that can be very scary. If you've ever, in the middle of a meditation, sort of floated out of your body, you might go, oh, I know, you know, that's, that can be a scary sensation. Or it can be kind of cool and liberating. It can be both. If you've eaten the wrong amount of um, cannabis baked goods <laughs> or done certain psychedelics, then you know how easy it can be to, um, to enter a very permeable and porous state, but one isn't necessarily comfortable in that state at all times. So I think allowing some of that through really is necessary if you're going to make reading a regular habit, if you're hoping that you can really add something to a reading, you know, for a client or a friend, whoever the querent is, <clears throat> you can also keep in mind that there are different readers for different people at different times. So you might get a reading from me today and be like, well, that was sort of interesting, but I don't, I just didn't, that didn't click with me. Yeah. I like that podcast, but I don't think I'm going to buy readings from her anymore. Totally legitimate. You might find five years from now that I am the reader for you for that moment. Um, and the same thing that will happen as you start to give readings to others. Um, you know, you might find, uh, you know, say you decide to give readings at a charity event. Right? And they're, they're free, but you can donate to the charity. So, you know, there's only so much that people can expect of you under those circumstances. You can just give like three readings and then walk away. And the responses of the querents, you know, they might be encouraging and they might be less than great. You don't know what that person is walking away with. They probably don't know either. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that, there's another big layer of trust in there where anybody coming up to a reading is saying, I'm willing to listen to something mysterious, possibly weird, and unknown. And it's going to come through this reader, or I'm going to allow the cards and the woo to set up a situation, and I'll sort of talk into that, talk around it, lay it at someone else's feet as a gift. So I have to trust that this is the right process. And some readings, you don't know until months and months later that they actually were the right thing. This is part of why I like MP3 audio readings so much. Because you can listen to them again much later and go, oh, wow, that reader, that astrologer really nailed it. And at the time, I didn't think it was a very good reading. But if you have that recording, then you just go, Go back, see what things are like. So if you're reading, um, I think one of the hardest things is when people start and, and they're kind of afraid to read for somebody else or they feel like they don't have the right to do so. Um, I would say if, that, if you get a strong message not to give a reading at a certain time or to a certain person, 
please do listen to that. That is important. That's not just fear. Uh, I think sometimes what we call in modern culture anxiety is actually more like intuition. Our inner self is responding to signals that our very confused conscious self um, can't quite respond to just because of how we're shaped societally. So what we experience as a result is something that might be labeled anxiety and assumed to be bad and take some medication, etc. But sometimes it's actually our bodies and our inner selves trying to tell us something important. So if you get that kind of ooky feeling in your gut, or like, I shouldn't do this reading, or I've done too many readings lately, that kind of thing, totally listen to that. I, I would say when I was younger, I was not so good at listening to that. I just always wanted to push on. And I think that's disrespectful to the woo and to myself and my life force and to the cards, whatever inherent uh, power they carry with them. And so if your real intuition and your real inner self is saying, no, 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 don't give readings. Well, I'm certainly not going to disagree with that. (laughs) You know, who am I? I'm some weirdo tarot lady wandering the woods of Oregon making some recording. Don't let me get in your way. But if I can encourage you to feel comfortable with trying to read, trying to drop into that part of yourself that might give give the woo access to your tongue so that you can speak for it in human language. It can be such a wonderful, beautiful process. I would love for you to have that experience if you feel like you know that it's okay it's legit and if you are at the point where your readings are very predictable or they're mostly just for yourself or you're in one of those phases where you are dipping into the cards all the time um, at that point I would say okay those are indications that you actually need to change up your practice and it is time to expand out take a workshop and some of you have asked are you going to give workshops (laughs) I used to give workshops like in real life out at Burning Man and stuff Um, I might give a workshop email me if you want one I'll set something up Um, but I'm sure there's plenty of good teachers out there on the internet already So that would be one way of approaching it. People would be giving each other readings in a workshop setting often uh, without super high stakes involved. Um, Get a reading from somebody that isn't yourself if you've been doing this sort of chronic self-reading thing. Um, Sometimes that's an indication that you're kind of stuck in this feedback loop with yourself. And sometimes, uh, for me at least, I find that the woo gets a little annoyed with me. The woo's kind of like, okay, this is a skill. You've been honing it for over 30 years. What are you doing just playing with it with yourself in your bedroom with your ego and your terribly important personal life? So I get a little nudge of like, you know, this is a, a fine activity, but... It can't be my only way of processing my life. 
and it um, shouldn't be overused, the form of the self-reading. Some people think you're not supposed to do that at all. I, I don't know how you learn tarot if you can't do some self-reading. Um, but I do find that if there's a phase where it's coming up a lot, that can be a, a sign to like reach out. You know, go, go buy a reading from me, tiffanyleebrown.com slash shop, S-H-O-P-P-E. Or if you've got a local reader that you can go see in person, if that's a better feeling for you, go do that. Um, yeah, take lessons, take a workshop, give a reading, get a reading. The Nine of Cups is fullness and it's also flow. It's not like just one big reservoir of water that's so cool and it's all stuck there. It's the Nine of Cups indicates the rivers flowing the streams, the tributaries, the lakes, the ocean. Everybody's moving. They're moving the woo, they're moving the emotion, and so are we. And when we get ourselves in that space, oh, Jupiter just came out. It's so bright. I probably shouldn't be out here this time of night. A cougar's gonna eat me. It could, theoretically. Well, I'm getting close to home. So, um, for those of you who have directly asked me a version of this question, I hope this answers it for you. And for those who, uh, whose conversations I've been kind of eavesdropping on, <laughs> online and such, um, I hope you found this interesting. Please do give me feedback, burningtarot at gmail.com. And everybody can give me feedback. I want to say hello to a couple of our listeners. We have a new listener in London. And I wanted to thank you for your feedback. It, I, I am honored to provide you with some stories about wandering the woods when you're stuck in the city. I'm glad that you took it that way, you know. Um, and it's nice connecting with you in the uh, astrology workshop area. It's been great. And another listener, uh, after hearing my last podcast, somebody local here said a big uh, a thank you, thanked me for some of my political and journalistic work. And I appreciate that. You can hear in the background, I've stopped at my mailbox, almost home. Cougar didn't eat me. So thank you for the thank yous. And for everybody, have a beautiful night and May your voice ring out.